0: Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Jeffrey. You got something to say, my brother?
1: God, and uh, I want to bless him with $500. Oh, come on, Sheffield. See- All know our past is a tax man. I've heard him say a couple of times, don't cheat on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so um I got 25 envelopes here, and I got $20 for each envelope. So that way you don't have to get an IRS a portion of this gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Let hug you, my brother. Uh, Jeffrey.
1: You're my brother, man. Thank you. So,
0: um, I wasn't expecting this <laughs> when you came up here.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, you said, hey, it's a time to reap. There's a time also for you to reap. Amen. You know, you can't just give, give, give. Uh, pastor has given a lot to my family. When I was going through trouble times, what I realize now, this is a church where people have been broken, but you come here, God builds you back up. Hey, ready for the battle. Amen. So this is just this is just like a, a snowflake. Of what I can do as a man, as a, a brother in Christ, but it's battle he's preparing us for. Yeah. So my thing is, I don't ever want the devil to be able to beat me in giving. He said um uh giving is a gift. Yeah. Hey, I'm a man. I'm intimidated.
0: Jeffrey? Jeffrey, give me that extra. Oh,
1: yeah, this
0: is Obviously, we did not expect this. We weren't looking for this. And it's very uncomfortable for me to, to receive this. <laughs> it really is. Um, I don't know what to do with it, so we'll see. We're going to pray about it. <laughs> All right, let's turn to the Word of God. That's our way out of here. (laughs) I want to share with you a message this morning that ties up and completes our theme for the year, the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord... And when he manifests, three things should be evident among those who have been in his presence. The three things that should become evident of those who have been in his presence is number one, hospitality, number two, fellowship, number three, edification. I've been teaching you this. Hospitality means to care for the stranger. Again, I'll remind you, it's not about serving tea and cookies. It's it's a spirit It's a spirit of hospitality. It is a spirit of invitation. It is a spirit of giving to those you don't know. It is about reaching out. Anyone that was near Jesus, He reached out to them. And if you've been in the presence of Jesus, what begins to happen in your spirit is you've got to reach somebody else. That is true biblical hospitality. What I have, I give. And so that's the spirit of jesus secondly then that's so that's the spirit of hospitality which is to bless second is to bond is to begin to bond there is a bond in the spirit called koinonia it is spirit to spirit bonding you can be friends with the lost but you cannot spiritually bond with the lost because they don't have a spirit alive so this is reserved for the family of god the children of god and it is a koinonia among the people of god around the world you could meet a believer that's a stranger to you but be instantly in koinonia with them completely knit together in the spirit of god and so whenever you've been in the presence of jesus spirit begins to speak the spirit it becomes alive you could be in myers you can be in burger king and 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 standing in line and something begins to vibrate in you something begins to resonate in you you know you're near a believer There's a koinonia among us, and the people are hungry for a koinonia. We cannot have churches that don't have koinonia. Something's wrong if we don't have a spirit-to-spirit relationship developing. And then thirdly, if you've been in the presence of Jesus, there's a spirit of building. Jesus said, I will edify my church. It's the same word for build. Build. When Jesus said, I will build my church, it's the same Greek word for edify. He said, I will edify my church. I will build my church. The spirit of prophecy is given to edify, exhort, and comfort. Jesus is always building. He's not tearing down. What he tears down, you want torn down. It's of no value. That's what he prunes and cuts. But he's always pruning to edify a greater and richer growth. And so in this, I want you to understand what God is doing. And so I want you to turn to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to consider these three things as we look at the man in the tree. You know the story, Zacchaeus. As I was seeking the Lord for a message and praying and um, working in a few different directions, the Lord spoke to my heart about Zacchaeus. I thought, really? Zacchaeus? That's such a lightweight message. Really? But with Jesus, there is no such thing as a lightweight message. Everything has value, doesn't it? You might have sung it as a kid in Sunday school. The majority of children coming to this church now have never been in Sunday school. The majority of children around our community have never been in Sunday school. They don't know what happens in a church. They don't know the first thing about a Bible. You cannot assume that people understand who Zacchaeus is and what these stories are. And so we've got to go back and we've got to relearn and then teach This world, the story of Zacchaeus. I'm going to read it to you in Luke 19. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And it says this. It's a very short and brief story. He entered. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not. Because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. And he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down here for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Let's take a look at the story and begin to understand something about Zacchaeus. Number one, his name means pure and innocent. That's interesting. <laughs> what happened to this guy? Mr. Pure and Innocent. I mean, the first identifier is, is that he's a tax collector. Now in this time and day, uh, for, a, for a Jew, he's called the son of Abraham. We know he's Jewish. For a Jew to become a tax collector means you have to work with Rome on Rome's behalf. You're collecting taxes from your own people. How many of you are praying for tax men? (laughs) Tis the season. Pray for them. Everybody has an issue with tax men. We need to pray for them. But Zacchaeus, he's a tax man. And so he's working for Rome. He's collecting taxes from Jews, his people, to give to the Romans. And many times the tax collector would skim off the top uh, to uh, be that go-between and You'll notice in the description of him, not only is he a tax collector, he's which one of the tax collectors? Top dog. He's the chief tax collector in Jericho. All right? So this man's affluent. He's the tax collector over the tax collectors. And another little detail that comes right after the fact that he's the chief tax collector, he is also what? Rich. Rich. Interesting, this comes right after the story of the rich young ruler who couldn't give up his wealth. So here he is, he's the tax collector, who is rich, Zacchaeus, identified by his name as pure and innocent, and I don't think he is. So let's take a look at what happens with the hospitality of Jesus. Jesus says he's entering Jericho and was passing through, passing through just got to get through but I love the hospitality of Jesus because Jesus will stop for anybody he will stop he's passing through Jericho but he decides that day I'm staying because in the hospitality in the outreach of Jesus Christ he recognizes Zacchaeus how did he know his name how did he know who he was? In the spirit, the spirit of hospitality, the spirit of outreach, the spirit of reaching for someone, divine initiative is the key to hospitality. You need to be moved by the spirit of God. If we're going to be a people who operate in this day, in this presence of Christ, how many of you know the world needs the presence of Christ? You're that presence. You're a container for the spirit of God. Therefore, this is how we should be behaving. As containers of the presence of God, we need to have divine initiative. Divine initiative. Wherever you go today, there should be some unction upon you to talk to somebody. To say something, to reach a hand, to do something for someone. That's the whole reason you're here. Because someone said something to you. Somebody prayed for you. There was a divine initiative on your behalf. And so freely given, let's freely give. And so we have to operate under divine initiative. Jesus is walking through the crowd, passing through Jericho, and the Spirit says, remember this, Jesus said, I've never done anything that I haven't seen my Father doing. So who called to Zacchaeus first? father. That's what Jesus heard. He's walking, and he hears father saying, hey, Zacchaeus is up in the tree. (laughs) Who's that dude up in the tree? That's Zacchaeus. Call him. Divine initiative. Brothers and sisters, you can be so engaged in the Spirit of God if we would just but listen, right? Take the music out of your ears. Take the earphones out of your your brain, stop thinking about everything else and begin to listen to a divine initiative. God wants to use you. I bet within five minutes of leaving this church, you could be used of God if you're willing. If you're willing. But I'm telling you, when you begin to operate this, the divine initiative, it's fun, man. It's a treasure hunt. Now all of a sudden you're beginning to see and go wherever you want. And so there's a divine initiative. Then secondly, I love what Jesus says. Zacchaeus, hurry up. No hesitation. When there's divine initiative, this is our biggest problem: is the hesitation. How many of you have lost a moment by hesitating? Is that the Lord? No, you thought of, of reaching someone for the Lord all on your own, and, and you thought, of course it's the Lord. Should I talk to them? I don't have a, I don't know if I've got a green light. 2,000 years ago, he said, go, make disciples. You got the word, all right? A divine initiative needs to be acted upon immediately. Zacchaeus, come on, hurry, hey, hurry up. Come on down here. I have a divine appointment with you. Today, I'm meeting with you. Divine appointments, divine appointments. Listen, even if that thing doesn't work out right, hi, could I talk to you? Could I share with you? Do you need any prayer? Get away from me, you freak. Jesus loves you, buzz off, and then hand signals and different things to you. You don't know what that divine appointment did for somebody. It may have irritated them. Probably that's why they're irritated, because that's the fifth divine appointment they've had with the Spirit of God, and they're sick of it. I'm telling you, it's not your place to judge whether you've been a success in this appointment or not. Just do it. Do it and be obedient. Hurry down from the tree. I have an appointment with you at your house. And I love the people's response. He's a bum. He's a sinner. What are you going to him for? You know, kind of like a church congregation. Why'd you bless him? (laughs) Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Everybody in the congregation of Jericho, what'd you pick him for? divine appointment he had a reputation what did the people say about him he is a what sinner oh that's the perfect appointment for a savior don't you think right i'm going to go talk to all the people that know jesus why they've got the savior go to all these people who don't there must be more over here because i'm always pointing to these people over there You notice that? There's a hot spot right over here. They grumbled and said he's a sinner. But this is what I love. This is what I love. He takes the initiative to make the appointment because there's divine value. God, if we could see what Jesus sees in people, Zacchaeus, pure and innocent. What did everybody else see? A rotten thief. But Jesus saw value in Zacchaeus. You know, he probably had that little guy issue. What do they call that that thing? Okay, whoa. okay. Everybody else knew it. It's a Napoleon complex, okay? I don't know. This guy, listen to this. How many of you were drug addicts and alcoholics and users? Lift your hands up. Come on. I mean, this is a testimony to Jesus. You people are creative. You are ingenious. Most sinners are extremely creative, and every one of us are sinners. We have different addictions. It doesn't matter. We're all addicted to sin. We are so creative. Think of how creative Zacchaeus was. Come on now. This guy took initiative. He couldn't see. How many people in that crowd couldn't see? But who's the only one smart enough to elevate himself into a tree to see? That's awesome. That is awesome. I have worked with so many people who who have developed amazing and creative abilities to sin. I mean, come on. People who commit adultery have, have these schedules and these things they work around. People who are addicts and people who need money and people who need, like I said, basically all of us get quite creative, don't we? Oh, we can handle this. We can find a way for more money. We can find another way to get high. We can find another way to let fool everybody else. We're so creative. God sees that and says, look, instead of letting that destroy you, I'm calling it for the kingdom. I'm calling it for the kingdom. I'm going to redeem everything in your life. We think that God redeems us from the minute we got saved. Now I'm valuable to God. God redeems everything from back in the womb all the way back. I'm going to use it all. Remember how treacherous you were with this and that? I'm going to use it for the boldness of the kingdom of God. You thought you were so clever, he said, uh, but it's all been training for what I can put it to use for now. Zacchaeus was an inventive, creative guy. He didn't let anybody else put him aside from what he was seeking and what he was pursuing. Jesus saw that and said, come on, I want to eat lunch with you, dude. You are awesome. God loves you. He wants to talk to you about your life. All those crazy things you did. Let's talk about it cuz I'd like to put you to work in some more outlandish stuff than you ever dreamed. You did it all for you, but if you would have a purpose now behind it, come on. We need this congregation can do exploits. Come on, how many of you remember you used to stay up all night long? No problem. Party! Now, I can't get up for church. I'm tired oh oh i'm sorry i can't help you right now I'm, t- I'm watching the game come on we put more energy into sinning than we do serving zacchaeus god saw divine initiative jesus said hurry up come on down here come on he probably said hurry up because he figured he better get down here before someone beats him up or something no one's going to like him Divine appointment and divine value. Jesus sees value in things we can't see. We need to begin seeing value. Amen. We need to begin seeing value. Look, at, you, you, I always, I, it always cracks me up when, when we have prayer lines because people are, I can tell people are deciding who they want to have pray for them. <laughs> I ain't going to that guy. You know what? God's got value in each one of us. How many of you are born again? How many of you have the Spirit of God in you? Then you have value in you that this world needs. I'm going this way. This world needs. <laughs> These people need what you have, but you have to value them like Jesus values them. How many people do we walk by we don't consider that they have any value to offer? Listen, the world didn't think that. Of, we, they didn't think we had much to offer either, but he did. And that's hospitality. We've got to break that word. It's hospital, hospital, hospital. How many of you are a hospital to the broken, a hospital to the weak, a hospital to the sinner? How many of you have that ability to give divine invitation, divine appointment, and divine value to people? I'm telling you, if you would walk up to someone and say, you are valuable to God because no one else thinks they have value. And so Zacchaeus had to make his own way in the world. He had that Napoleon complex. He had to climb his own tree and make himself rich. Jesus says, there's something in you, man, that i got to get to. So he said, I'm going to your house. And so he met with him. He had fellowship with him so that he would meet with him. Meet with him. You know what we've done to Christianity? Here's a track. Read it. You could get saved. That's the depth of our care for the lost. Really? Here's 10 bucks. Buy a hot dog. Don't buy alcohol. I care about you. Really? I'm late. I got to go. I mean, how much depth of fellowship do we have with the lost? And then with new believers and converts, mentoring and caring for people, We're, we're, we're not. You know what? Say your neighbor. uh, Tell your neighbor. uh, Maybe I should go home with you. See, no one's doing it. You're all freaked out. I ain't doing that. I don't even know that guy. What would happen if every Sunday we had a we had an appointment of fellowship? We decided every Sunday. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. uh, Would you have uh, uh, a bagel with me? Would you come downstairs and talk to me? Tell me your life. You know what? I know a lot of your stories. They are fascinating. It's amazing what some of you folks have done. It is amazing. Everybody's got a story here, a story to tell. I'll tell you what, everybody's got a movie concerning all the drama in our lives. You know how much drama's in this room? My gosh, it's fascinating. But we don't know that about each other. We've got solutions to problems that you have, in every area of this room, but we're not finding it because we have no fellowship. Fellowship, Jesus said, I'm coming to your house to eat. Have you ever gone to someone's house you don't want to eat at? I have. And then it's like, do I have to eat this? It's lovely. Here's a trick. Don't eat it all. Because the minute you eat it all, they'll put more on the plate. Spread it out and go slow. I've learned this in my travels. What do you do at fellowship? In the Eastern culture, fellowship is breaking bread. Breaking bread. It means sitting. They would recline. That's another posture of comfort. And they would take the time to know each other. Now I have to believe that Jesus was taking the time to speak to Zacchaeus. You could imagine what the other 12 are thinking. This is quite a place, man. Can't believe we're eating with another tax collector. Last week it was two prostitutes and a tax collector. This is getting embarrassing. Do you know what Jesus' reputation was? A drunkard and a glutton. He had no problem with that because he saw the value in these people do we see the value in people now he's speaking to him he's speaking to Zacchaeus and then it says this something happened it evoked a response he must have been speaking into Zacchaeus's life because it then says Zacchaeus did something what did he do changed his posture he what stood up i'm sure one of the you know apostles said oh is he standing now <laughs> little guy <laughs> short joke He stood up, you stand up from where everyone's sitting for a reason, why? Because you've got something to say. Something evoked something in him. Something stirred. You see, there's a posture. Here's a man who would climb a tree to see Jesus. He needed to see what was going on to get close and to get what he wanted. For this man to stand up again, he's a go-getter. He stands up. Something was evoked in him. Something changed in him. And he stood up and he said, look at Whoa, Jesus. You see, this is what happens when you meet the presence of Christ. It changes your posture in life. It changes your attitude. It changes the way you're doing things. It's not just simply like, yeah, pass me another bagel, will you? And, and go on with the conversation. He had to put the food down, and he stood up and he said, you know what? I'm given half of my earnings. Now, oh my gosh, now you're talking money meets the road, right? He stood up and he said this, Half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor. 50% of my income I'm going to give to the poor. Why? Because God, He recognized that Jesus saw value in Him and now He's going to give value to them. That's Christianity right there. God put value in you. So now you have got to change and put value in them. Paul says, I judge no man except by Christ. We don't look at people's skin. We don't look at people's situation. We don't look at anything else. We begin to care for them as someone who has value to God. I'm going to give half of everything I own to, to the poor. Come on, you don't do that. Not a man who's been pursuing riches all his life. Remember the rich young ruler? Sell everything you have. Mm, yeah, mm, Yeah, mm, I can't do that. Jesus is speaking in the presence of this guy, having fellowship, and in fellowship spirit to spirit, something quickened in this man. He stood up resolute and said, I'm giving half away. After he said he was giving half away, he then said, look, if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to restore it fourfold. So what happened to the value of money in Zacchaeus's life? It Became a tool. Its value was, was nothing. Money is not good or bad. There's, it has no it's not good or bad. In fact, all it is is a magnifying glass. Money is a magnifying glass of character. It will only emphasize someone's character. If you think you need money to be of value, it's showing your lack of understanding of who you are. If money is everything to you and you have to do whatever you can to get it, it's just magnifying your soul. Money just magnifies what you are. We don't need more money. We've got Jesus. It would help now and then wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> we could use some money now and then. But we've got everything we need. It changed. Something altered in Zacchaeus to where he changed and he was ready to give up everything. Why? He found something better. His fellowship was no longer with money. His fellowship was with Christ. That's fellowship. Fellowship. The hospitality of God draws us into fellowship and, thirdly, then builds up. And I love what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. This man is saved. You wouldn't know that. He didn't repeat the prayer. Jesus didn't say, all right, but first you have to confess this, 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 and this, and say this, this, and this. Hey, the sinner's prayer is great, but you know what? People get saved by a birthing of the Spirit, not necessarily by a particular kind of prayer. We've got a lot of people that have said their prayer that have never been birthed by God because it's a koinonia thing. It's a Spirit to Spirit. He was birthed and Jesus is just happy. (laughs) Salvation has come to this house. You know why? Jesus was in the house. Jesus is in the house. We're walking around with Jesus in the house. Offer Him to everyone offer him to everyone. He said, salvation has come since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I came to seek out the lost. I was walking through the streets. Hey, Zacchaeus, it's you today. Come on down. I'm going to your house to have fellowship, a hospitality, the fellowship. And now let me tell you, you are born again. You follow me, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus then followed Christ Jesus the rest of his ministry. How do I know this? I'll tell you how. Clement of Alexandria, one of the early church fathers in the 300s, told us this, that Zacchaeus actually is Matthias, so named by the apostles who took the place of Judas Iscariot when they needed to replace Judas. They gave Zacchaeus a new name, Matthias, which means the gift from God. And they had to choose someone who was following the ministry of Jesus from the time he was baptized till the time he was crucified. Zacchaeus left his tax collecting job and followed after Jesus, though he wasn't an apostle. He was just a follower. But the time came, they said, You know what, this Zacchaeus dude? Man, he is a gift from God. He is grace from God. And so it was between him and Barnabas, and they picked, and the lot fell on Matthias. Talk about climbing the tree and edifying. Jesus edified and built up Zacchaeus to become one of the apostles. That's awesome. Who knows what God's going to do with you? Who knows what God's going to do with you? How many of you remember when salvation came to your house? How many of you remember the hospitality of Jesus that He gave you? That He served you even before you knew how to serve Him. That He fellowshiped with you. And all He wants out of you is fellowship. And He builds you up. He edifies you. He's lifting you up. You have things to do, places to go for Jesus Christ. Because there's a man in the tree greater than Zacchaeus. Because there's someone who climbed a tree to see you and me. There's a man that climbed a tree that no one else would climb. He climbed a tree to look down the destiny of mankind, to look through human history so he could call out your name that he saw from the tree he hung from. And he climbed high to call out your name and to call out your name. And through the Spirit of reaching out, he reached out to you and he said, "Fellowship with me." He said, "I will build you and I will make you my apostle, my sent one, my disciple. This is the story. This is our story. This is our job. And he says that we're to climb that tree with him and to crucify ourselves with Christ so that we esteem others more highly than ourselves and we care for these people, and we live, eat, and breathe the love of Christ for all through the hospitality of reaching to the stranger, through the koinonia and fellowship of drawing people in and building people up. What a rich and wonderful life it is. Let's bow our heads. God, use us that way.